Today's gospel reading is from the book of John, chapter 20, verses 18 to 31. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks on his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God, then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Well, we are in this season called Easter Tide, uh, the 50 days between the Passover and Pentecost. And so that is why we still have our signs up that read out front, have hope in Easter because we are in the Easter season. Thank you so very much, Terry, for the reading of God's Word, which is alive and active, engages with us. Today we have heard two stories. I call them a before story and an after story. Before an encounter with the risen Jesus Christ and after an encounter with the risen Jesus Christ. The same day, the same day, Mary told the disciples earlier on the day 
that she had seen the risen Jesus Christ. And uh, let me just share with you that when you read the term disciples in this particular pericope, John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31, we're not just talking about the 12 disciples, we're talking about more disciples. So Mary had shared, had shared with the disciples earlier on that first day of the week that she has seen Jesus Christ. And yet, as we read today's pericope, we find that the disciples are locked behind closed doors because they are afraid. Wow. Some disciples, right? They're afraid that they're going to be killed. So as we look at this particular uh, message today that has the heading, We Are Witnesses, what can we learn from the disciples about ourselves? What can we learn that God is calling us towards as disciples? So the first thing that I want to ask you this morning is, what is on the other side of your life's door? What's on the other side of your life's door? You see, the disciples were closed up in this room. The doors were locked because they were afraid that they were going to be persecuted, that they were going to be killed. What, what, what is on the other side of your life's door? What are you afraid of? Failure? Not being good enough? not being visible, not being seen by others, not being respected by others, the what-ifs that are never resolved? What's on the other side of your life's door? Uncertainty about your future. Uncertainty about your employment. Whatever it is, take out your mental pad, take out your mental uh, flip chart on your phone, and just jot down what is on the other side of your life's door. What keeps you awake at night? The disciples were terrified. They were afraid. Have you ever been so afraid that, that you could not think clearly? Have you ever been so afraid that you're so tied up in knots that all you can see is the fear? Now, let me just say to you, this is a side note, there is something to say about being a part of a community of faith. That means you don't have to face your fear alone. You don't have to face your uncertainty alone. You, 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 you have others within the community. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, we read, Don't stop meeting together with other believers, which some people have gotten into the habit of doing. Instead, encourage each other, especially as you see the day drawing near. When we come together in community, we are reminded that we are not alone on this journey called discipleship. We have to our advantage people who will speak words of life into our lives, words of encouragement into our lives. 
Yes, yes. We have this community that's together, and yes, they are afraid, but they are together. And then, and this is what's so awesome, and if I had a microphone, which I do, and if I were to walk up and down the aisle, which I won't, (laughs) to ask you the question, so in the midst of your fear, what happened when you invited Jesus into that moment? (laughs) Let's look at the text. You have these disciples terrified, and Jesus Christ shows up. Jesus Christ shows up. I'm going to try to get through this message today without being a Jeremiah twin. For those of you who know Jeremiah, he was called the weeping prophet, Terry. (laughs) Notice when Jesus shows up, he fulfills Promises that he had made earlier, especially as recorded in chapters 14 through 17. What he had said to them was that after going away, he would return. Jesus shows up in the midst of this community. And that's found in chapter 14, verses 18 through 19 and verse 28. He promised that his peace would remain with them. Acts I'm sorry, John chapter 14, verse 27, and especially John chapter 16, verse 33. He told them that their pain would turn to joy and that it would be complete. You can find that reference to his message or the reference to that statement is found in John chapter 16. Verses 20 through 24. And then, and then he promised that the Spirit would be given to them. And so it is in the Gospel of John that the Holy Spirit is given to the disciples to equip them for their work. In John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. And because of that Holy Spirit, because of the Holy Spirit coming to them, they would be empowered to testify, to bear witness on Jesus Christ's behalf. Wow. Isn't that what you've discovered? That when you are terrified, when you are afraid, when you see whatever it is that has caused you to be paralyzed, that when you pause and when you invite Jesus Christ to be in dialogue with you, that that fear, that terrification, that you're being terrified, I think I made up a word, diminishes and is removed. Now, let me quickly say to you, as we look at the latter part of John chapter 20, uh, we, we see that Thomas says to the disciples, uh, you know, unless I see some things, I'm not going to believe. Now, we know that Thomas has been called the Doubting Thomas, but last year, when the Reverend Dr. David Shrem came and preached at this church, he helped us to understand it's not about Thomas being doubtful. I want you to think back to what the disciples' response had been to Mary. She told them, I've seen the Lord. And they didn't believe her. And it was not until Jesus Christ showed up in their midst, they saw him. 
It was not until they saw him did they believe. It was not until they saw the nail prints, the scars, did they believe him. So Thomas and the disciples had something in common, right? Yes, they did. Hmm. So Thomas encounters Jesus. And after Thomas sees Jesus wounds, Thomas echoes the word of faith. My Lord and my God. So the fulfillment of a promise, Jesus has done. Now, what happens? Here's the key. So, so, so what happens after we have this encounter with the living Jesus Christ, the one who is able to, to speak to our fears, the one who's able to speak to our doubts, the one who is able to address that that's on the other side of our life's door that keeps us from being all that God is calling us to be? What happens when we have an encounter with him? We see life in a totally different perspective. And, and let me just say to you, as followers of Jesus Christ who are living out our commitment to Jesus Christ through the United Methodist Church, we understand how important it is for us to continue to nurture this relationship with Jesus Christ in order for it to be a viable relationship. In order for it to be a living relationship that requires us and causes us to continue to grow. No one has arrived as a disciple of Jesus Christ. We're all called to continue to grow, to learn more and more and more about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And in the United Methodist Church, we understand that we will nurture this relationship and we will also live out that relationship in the world. God loves the world. God is concerned about the world. God is concerned about God's creation, God's people in the world and what they are experiencing. And God is calling God's people to respond. That, that's why, beloved, I, 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 it's not contradictory to me to preach on a Sunday morning about the love of God is revealed through Jesus Christ, and then to participate in a Faith in Indiana town hall meeting to say to our public health officials, we are concerned about public policies. We want to assist you, participate with you in developing public policies that will benefit all people, people whom God has made in God's image. What happens? After having an encounter with the awesome living Jesus Christ. Well, all I can say to you is turn to the book of Acts. Turn to the book of Acts. Because you see, keep in mind, keep in mind as you're turning in your minds, as you're turning on your Bible apps, as you're turning with your Bibles in hand, keep in mind that Jesus told the disciples in John, as the Father sent me, so I am sending you. There can be nothing much more clear than that, that we have to leave the four walls of the church. Is that right? So Jesus breathes on them, and, and they receive the Holy Spirit. And, and Jesus says to them, and I, I just need to take a moment to, to land here. He says to them, if you forgive anyone's sins, 
they are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they aren't forgiven. Let me just say to you, you don't have a clipboard walking around checking, you're sinning, you're sinning. No, that is not what he's talking about. First of all, the comment is addressed to the entire faith community. And what it means is that as followers of Jesus Christ, we are to go forth and reflect the teachings and actions of Jesus Christ. So, so to have sin means to be blind to the revelation of God in Jesus Christ. So we're called to continue to make God in Jesus Christ known in the world. And if the world refuses that, that's sin. When the world accepts that, we celebrate. And so we're called to help the world to see that they must make a decision. Will you accept the God who has been revealed in Jesus Christ or not? And so, beloved, let me just say to you, that's why we have to go to those places where God has not been revealed yet. We are the light, and we're called to take that light into those dark places. What will that look like? It depends on who you are. For some of you, because of the call that, that Jesus Christ has placed on your life, you, you see the need to go to bars where those who do not know Jesus Christ will be. No, we're not asking you to drink alcohol. We're asking you to go and be the light of Jesus Christ. For others of you, it may mean to find yourself in a school system where there's a need for children and adults to see the love of Jesus Christ. Not that I'm calling schools dark places, no. For me, any place that does not have the light of Jesus Christ shining brightly throughout is a place where we're called to go. So what does it look like after one has had a fresh encounter, a new encounter with Jesus Christ, and one has received the power of the Holy Spirit, what does it look like? Acts chapter 5 gives us a glimpse. Now, you need to know that Peter and the other disciple had been arrested, and, uh, and, and they were put in prison. And um, an angel came to them. This is not found in verses 27 This is and through 32. This is found prior to that particular text that was read in your hearing on today. And so while they're in prison, the angel comes and she just escorts them out of the prison and tells them, now you go back, you go back. And you stand on those temple steps and you teach people about Jesus. And they did. And they did. And the next day when the Sanhedrin called for them to come to speak before them, the Sanhedrin council was told, well, hey, they're not in prison. And then someone said, you know what? They're standing on the temple steps telling people about Jesus. And so we pick up in verses 27 through 32 the encounter between the religious leaders and Peter and the other disciples. And what we glean from that particular passage is this. 
Peter says what I would suggest to you we all must say. As followers of Jesus Christ, who will take the light out into the world, to those places where there are people who may not know Jesus Christ yet. We are to say to people who want to persecute us, we are to say to people who do not understand why we are doing what we are doing, we need to say, We must obey God. We must obey God. We must obey God. Evangel Heights Church family and friends, I'm excited about serving as your pastor for several reasons. The first reason is because I believe as a community of faith, you long and you strive to be the church whom Jesus Christ is calling you to be. How thankful I am for the rich history that you've had. And yet you know that we can no longer continue to live in the past, but that God is calling us to move forward into the unknown where God is leading us. Secondly, I'm thankful to be serving as your pastor because you believe in the power of prayer. And because prayer is nothing more than conversing with God, I know that not only do you talk to God, but you also listen to God. And you strive to be obedient to God. Finally, the third reason why I'm thankful to serve as your pastor at this time in your church's history It's because, like you, I'm looking forward to God doing a new thing with and through this community of faith and this pastor. The scripture is very clear. Eye has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of man all that God has for those who love God. I believe, I believe. I believe you love God, that God is revealed through Jesus Christ. I believe you long to be the church that God is calling you to be at this time in your church's history. And that's why we had the vision workshop on yesterday, and that's why we will continue to do visioning work. I believe that you, like your pastor, You're longing for and desiring to discover what God has next for us as God's witnesses through Jesus Christ. The scripture lessons today remind us of two things in closing. One, that whenever life comes at us like a rushing flood and whenever we think we are too afraid to do anything but just stay paralyzed in the situation, all we have to do is turn to Jesus, who will remind us of who we are, his disciples, and whose we are, 
those who have been given the promise that they will never be left alone. We will be reminded that we have been empowered by the Holy Spirit to do the work that God calls us to do. The scripture lesson today reminds us that there will be persecution. There will be people who will talk about us. There will be people who will not understand why we believe we're called to go into the world and share the good news of Jesus Christ, that there is a loving God who sent a living Savior to die for a world that does not know God, but God wants to know the world. There are people who won't understand that. They'll talk about us. And sometimes they may be within our own family but we're committed to obey God. And so, loving God, as we, your people, the Church of Jesus Christ continues on this journey called discipleship, we pray that you will continue to remind us that greater is he that is in us than the one who is in the world, that you will continue to Empower us to do the work that you're calling us to do because for such a time as this, there is an Evangel Heights United Methodist Church located in South Bend, Indiana. To you, holy God, be all of the glory, all of the honor, and all of the praise. Amen.